0: Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Hampton in Waco. Hi, everyone. This is the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Hampton in Waco. I'm author and oral historian Jackson Michael. The 2022 Texas Sports Hall of Fame induction banquet took place in the spring of 2022, the induction honored a tremendous group of athletes, including Olympian Bob Beeman, NBA star Chris Bosh, Heisman Trophy winner Robert Griffin III, San Antonio Spurs legend Tony Parker, gold medalist Carly Patterson, Houston Oilers and Dallas Cowboys star Mike Renfro, Baylor basketball legend Susie Snyder Eppers, and volleyball legend Stacy Sakura Members of the general public who attended the banquet at the Exactro Events Center in Waco listened to each inductee speak and had the opportunity to mingle with the inductees afterwards as well as some athletes who were enshrined in previous years Attendees also had the chance to meet with the inductees at a reception held earlier that afternoon at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame You can attend the 2023 Texas Sports Hall of Fame Induction Banquet and the Inductee Reception. Visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame's official website, tshof.org, to learn more. Again, that's tshof.org. The 2023 ceremony will be held on April 15th, 2023, And is sponsored by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. Inductees will include Houston Oilers linebacker Robert Brazil, Houston Astros star Jose Cruz, Baylor Men's basketball coach Scott Drew, Olympian Carla Gidry, NFL running backs Priest Holmes and Adrian Peterson, diving champion Cynthia Potter, and New York Giants superstar Michael Strahan, who grew up in the Houston area and attended Texas Southern University. Attend the 2023 Texas Sports Hall of Fame induction banquet and reception in person by ordering tickets on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame's website, tshof.org. Again, that's tshof.org. The 2022 class was another exceptional Texas Sports Hall of Fame class that included Olympic gold medal winners, NBA champions, trailblazers, and a Heisman Trophy winner. Olympian Bob Beeman told the story of setting the world long jump record by nearly two feet at the 1968 Summer Games by jumping an astounding 29 feet, two and a half inches. Beeman's jump still stands as the Olympic record today and is the oldest record at the Summer Olympics. The previous record was 27 feet 4 inches. Beeman broke that by almost 2 feet. His leap was so spectacular that a new word was created in his honor to describe incredible athletic feats that go way beyond what was once thought possible. That word is Beeman-esque. Here is Bob Beeman describing his Beeman-esque Olympic jump at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony.
1: I told a little uh, story about the day of 1968, October 3.15 in the afternoon. The clouds were settling over this arena in Mexico City. And I was saying, I hope, I just hope it doesn't rain. And suddenly, I said, whether it rains or it keeps shining, I will not be denied winning this long jump today. And so I stood there, right in the middle of this runway, as you could see on TV, that I was totally focused, and as I ran down the runway, my heart was beating, boom, 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 boom. And I rose up in the air, over six feet in the air, and I looked at my watch for about an hour in the air. And suddenly, landing, and making it one of the great events of the Olympic Games.
0: Basketball star Chris Bosh was an 11-time NBA All-Star and won two NBA championships with the Miami Heat. Before that, he grew up in Dallas and starred at Lincoln High School, leading his team to an undefeated season and a number one national ranking. Bosch spoke about his humble beginnings.
2: Sometimes I played and I didn't have a net on my rim to shoot on. I didn't have backboards sometimes, and even sometimes I would uh, shoot baskets in a trash can. But I kept shooting because that's what you do here in Texas, right? You make the most out of what you have. And when it came to dribbling the basketball, you know those... Dusty, rocky driveways. I'm sure everybody had one here. You know, you bounce a ball and it'll go a d- different direction every time. At first, you know, I spent a lot of time running after my ball, but after enough reps, I learned exactly where to be before the ball hit the ground.
0: Chris Bosch also said that he was more motivated by a drive for excellence rather than for accolades.
2: Really, what stands out the most is just the journey uh, that you take with everybody. Coming in the league as a young man, and really being a young man, um, aspiring to play basketball, you just want to, you just want to make it. You just want to be great. You just want to do well in practice or the game. So for me, that was always the next step. And just going step after step, I was able to kind of look back and be proud of what I accomplished and accomplish a lot but I was always trying to accomplish more as crazy as that sounds and um, you know excellence was just the thing that drove me every day so I never really thought about accolades or accomplishments I loved what I was doing with the people I love so whether that was my friends my family my children um, being able to have such a great group around me especially now um, to be able to do these things enjoy these great events like this, take honor um, in it all, and just sit back and enjoy the ride a little bit and look back and be proud of that. Um, I was just trying to do as best as I could at each moment.
0: Robert Griffin III won the 2011 Heisman Trophy as a junior playing quarterback for the Baylor Bears at a press conference held at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. He was asked what led him to choose Baylor over other schools.
3: My mom and dad, you know, raised me in the church. So, you know, being a, a Christian and coming to a university kind of felt like the natural thing to do. Uh, it's also an hour away from where I grew up. So there was a comfortability there where I didn't have to go too far uh, away from home. Um, but to be quite honest, you know, I'd, I'd be mistaken if I didn't mention that, you know, Coach Art Browse uh, was a big part of me coming to Bailey University. Uh, he kind of told me that we could go somewhere and do something that that has never been done before, uh, and we were able to accomplish that mm-hmm. uh, and he also said we 'd get a stadium built on campus we were able to accomplish that um, so he actually
1: it, told you that
3: he did uh, it was You're part right. of his recruiting pitch
1: <laughs>
3: uh, he said hey in three years you'll be you 'll be up for the Heisman uh, when the Heisman of four, and then he said before it 's all said and done we 'll get the stadium on campus and uh, and that all worked out but Um, You know, it just seemed like divine intervention. Uh, God had a plan. Uh, Guy Morris, for the people who don't know Waco or Baylor Baylor history, he was the head coach before uh, Coach Browse was, and and he offered me a walk-on scholarship. Um, Not because I wasn't a good player, but it's because he he had a loyalty to a guy that we all are all familiar with, Nick Florence, who had already committed at the time. So to me it was divine intervention that everything happened the way that it did, and that led me to, to Baylor University. is one of the best things that's ever happened in my life.
0: Later in the evening, during the induction banquet, Griffin told a heartfelt story about his family during a time that his father served in Iraq.
3: I remember when my mom, she took the time and she sat at every basketball practice, every track practice, every football practice, and she filmed Every single rep that I took, just so my dad, while he was over in Iraq fighting the war, could watch those tapes and give me coaching points.
0: A moving story there from Robert Griffin III. Every one of the inductees shared personal moments from their backstories. And when we return, we will hear from the rest of the 2022 Texas Sports Hall of Fame induction class, including... Spurs legend Tony Parker, and Olympic gold medalist Carly Patterson on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by the Hampton Inn Waco. This
1: is Cliff Harris, free safety for the Dallas Cowboys. You're listening to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. Enjoy it.
0: When you come to Waco, be sure to stay at the Hampton Inn Waco, located just a short distance from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. You'll start your day off with a delicious complimentary breakfast, and you'll enjoy the Hampton Inn Waco's free Wi-Fi, fitness center, and pool. Next time you bring your team to Waco, make the Hampton Inn Waco your home court on the road. Welcome back to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by the Hampton Inn, Waco. San Antonio Spurs legend Tony Parker won several NBA championships with the team. Parker spoke about one finals loss, however, which turned on a play made by fellow inductee Chris Bosch grabbing a rebound over Parker in a critical moment. While the loss still stings, the story brought about some good laughter during the press conference.
4: I'm still mad by the way, sorry to cut you. I'm still mad at coach Pop that he substitute Timmy and then put me on Chris, you know, and I can't take <laughs> the rebound. I'm five foot. I'm five foot. He's seven foot. That's not fair. That is not fair. (laughs) And I can't get the rebound, and then we lose that championship. (laughs) But it's okay. I'll take four. It's fine.
0: During the induction banquet, Parker remembered growing up in France. He said that making the NBA was a distant dream, one that came true against difficult odds.
4: Growing up... I was sneaking in, in my room, you know, watching the NBA games at 3 in the morning. I was a huge uh, Bulls fan, huge Michael Jordan fan, and back in the day, it was like impossible to come in the NBA uh, because before me, no European point guard made it in the NBA. And uh, I was very lucky that I had a, a crazy coach who uh, decided to draft me and threw me in the fire when I was 19 to run uh, an NBA team and run an NBA team who's trying to win
0: championships. Tony Parker also spoke about what the honor of being inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame means to him, as well as his love for the state of Texas.
4: It's an unbelievable uh, honor. I just landed uh, last night uh, from France, so I'm a little bit jet-lagged. It's like 4 in the morning for me right now, but uh, I couldn't miss it. Uh, Obviously, uh, I never thought in my wildest dream, born in Belgium, my my dad is American, my mom is from the Netherlands, and I grew up in France, that will end up in Texas. (laughs) I had no idea where Texas was when I got drafted. No idea where San Antonio was, and uh, now I can easily say that Texas is home. And Texas is even more home than uh than france
0: gymnast carly patterson won the gold medal in the all-around event at the 2004 summer olympics she was the first american woman to accomplish the feat in 20 years since fellow texas sports hall of fame inductee mary lou Retton won gold in the all-around at the 1984 olympics patterson won three medals in the 2004 olympics and she flawlessly executed the double Arabian dismount on the balance beam, the most difficult of dismounts. She was the first to perform it at the Olympics, and the dismount is therefore known as the Patterson dismount. She described the Patterson dismount at the press conference.
5: Yeah, the Patterson dismount uh, is a beam dismount. It's pretty awesome. It's a round-out back handspring double Arabian. You guys know what that is, right? (laughs) Let me just do it for you guys. You know, if I if I didn't have my heels on, I would, you know, probably attempt it. But just kidding. Um, so you tumble the length of the beam. It's a round-out back handspring, which hopefully some of you at least know uh, semi what that is. You tumble the length of the beam. You're on the edge of the beam. You jump up in the air, half turn, do two front flips, and then land. So it's a blind landing. It's the highest level of difficulty that you can do. Um, and yeah, like you said, nobody in the world was doing it. And when you... When you get something named after you, you have to do this skill that um, in a world championships or an Olympic game, some sort of World Cup, and you have to do it successfully in order for it to get named after you go into the code of points and you know be called the Patterson Dismount. So um, at, the, at the Olympics, after you know achieving that and doing it successfully, um, it went into the code of points as the Patterson, and it's still to this day one of the most uh, difficult skills you can do, which is kind of cool because it's stood the test of time.
0: She also spoke about what inspired her to start in gymnastics and that winning an Olympic medal was an early dream.
5: I was six years old when I stepped into a gym for my cousin's birthday party. That's the first time I knew what gymnastics was and the spark was lit and I became obsessed. The gym was where I felt at home. I felt happy. I felt I had purpose. As I got older, and better, I realized there were levels, there were many competitions to shoot for, and there was countless goals I could set for myself. There was always something to shoot for. And I wanted to go to the top. I wanted to be on that Olympic podium, and not only that, I wanted to become an Olympic champion. It seemed like a far-fetched dream. Um, how many kids say that? How many kids say they want to be an Olympic champion? And I get asked a lot, who pushed you? Well, it was always me. It had to be me. No one else can push you to work 40 hours a week as a kid. That has to be on you.
0: Carly Patterson also reminisced how the hard work paid off as the world watched on a summer's evening in Athens, Greece during the 2004 Olympics.
5: I also get asked a lot, how do you make your dreams come true on the one night it counts most. Well, it took years and it took hours and it took thousands of repetitions and failures. I did thousands of routines and messed up thousands and thousands of times. That's what helped correct those mistakes and that's what got me to that peak performance uh, for those few hours on that one night in Athens, Greece.
0: Inductee Mike Renfro grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. His father, Ray Renfro, also played pro football and is a fellow Texas Sports Hall of Fame inductee. Ceremony MC Brad Sham, the voice of the Dallas Cowboys, told the audience that it's difficult to top Mike Renfro's Texas sports roots.
6: If you're a football player in Texas, I don't know how you can be more Texas Sports Hall of Famish than to be a high school star in Texas, a college star in Texas, and star for the only two available professional football teams to play for in Texas.
0: Mike Renfro started his pro football career with the Houston Whalers under head coach Bum Phillips. Mike and Ray Renfro joined Bum Phillips and Wade Phillips as one of three father-son duos inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Both Wade Phillips and Renfro's teammate Earl Campbell were on hand to support Renfro on his special day. Renfro said that he was grateful to have his father as a mentor and a guide into football.
6: Back as far as I can remember, I was going to my dad's football practices and in games in Cleveland, he was a Cleveland Brown standout receiver. And I'd pop through there about eight or nine years old, and I'd give Dad a nod and walk straight over to Jim Brown's locker, sit there, and hope I'd get a pat on the back or a sweatband or, a, you know, an acknowledgement. But a hero, of course, of mine for, for many years, and and still a friend. But uh, those kind of days and and. Uh, in Cleveland and then immediately dad went into coaching, coached three professional teams, Redskins and Cowboys and, and the Detroit Lions, coached Hall of Famers like Orfield and Charlie Taylor and the fastest man alive, Bobby Hayes in Dallas. And You know, he was teaching those guys during the daytime at work and he'd come home at night and he'd be teaching the same life lessons, football lessons. All of the above to myself and my two brothers, Mark and Mitch.
0: Of course, it's hard to think of Mike Renfro without thinking about the 1979 AFC Championship game. At the end of the third quarter, Renfro appeared to have likely scored a touchdown, but officials ruled the pass incomplete. The play is often credited with accelerating the NFL's use of instant replay to review calls. Renfro remembered the play at the press conference.
6: I don't know if we were going to beat the great Pittsburgh Steelers that day. They beat us the year before in the AFC Championship. They beat us, eventually beat us that day. We really needed those points. It was a third down play. And uh, for the people that, and I know most of you probably don't, but, you know, it was a catch. It was a very close catch. Basically, with one hand going into the snow embankment at Three Rivers, and the referee froze when it's time to make the the signal, you know, catch or no catch. And they went to huddle under the goalpost, and pints of whiskey bottles were coming out of Three Rivers. They were they were raising cane, and and again, it was about a two or three minute delay. Of course, on on TV at home, everybody's seeing the replay, and it's pretty clear I'm in in bounds. And Merlin Olson, the color man at the time, was was certain i was in bounds and and then they come up later a couple minutes later with with a no catch signal in it you know it changed the the future of the houston oilers and it changed uh, the dynamics of nfl and instant
0: replay baylor women's basketball pioneer susie snyder appers was the first woman to receive an athletic scholarship at baylor university you can hear her share her full story In episode 37 of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, that episode is part of our Nine for Title IX series that celebrated the 50th anniversary of Title IX. At the Texas Sports Hall of Fame induction, Susie Snyder Eppers thought back to the earliest days of Title IX.
1: Something was happening in the background. That's all I ever knew, something. I kept hearing about this Title IX, something was happening. I was the only female person on scholarship until actually the start of my junior year. And they finally put another student on a a partial scholarship, which I think ended up being more like financial aid. But things were starting to change.
0: She also remembered being part of the Baylor women's basketball program and watching it grow from the ground up.
1: It came together and I did get to see us go from rags to riches in that program. And that means a lot to me. And, and it, I saw girls that came to that program. We were kind of like the field of dreams in the sense of if you build it, they will come. They didn't come because they were getting a scholarship. They came because they wanted to go to Baylor and they came because they wanted to be part of something really exciting.
0: Susie Snyder Eppers led Baylor's women's team deep into the NCAA tournament twice during her career. Again, you can hear her share her full story in episode 37 of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, part of our 9 for Title IX series. Volleyball star Stacey Sakura was also part of our 9 for Title IX series and a member of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame 2022 induction class. Sakura established the Libro position for Team USA in the Olympics. She played in three Olympics and won a silver medal in the 2008 Olympics. In college, she played three sports at Texas A&M, volleyball, track, and basketball.
2: I did three sports at Texas A&M and
0: just saying that makes me
2: tired. <laughs> like, how? I don't know, y'all. To be honest, how? I, gosh, I loved it. It was, it was so fun and I was given the opportunity to do this. Like, I got to do it. I never had to say no. I was like, basketball, yep. Yeah. track, okay. It was so wonderful. And to play volleyball at Texas A&M,
0: it was so amazing. Stacy Sakura was the first American to play at the Libro position in volleyball in international competition. The position had just been added into play. Sakura recalled how her college coach at Texas A&M, Lori Corbelli, encouraged her to try the new position in trying out for the Olympics, rather than the position of outside hitter, even though Sikora was already an All-American as a hitter.
2: She was like, but there's this position that you can just pass and play defense, and, and I think that you would be an average outside hitter, but I think you'd be a really good Libro pass passing defense. So I was like, okay, and I just
0: believed her, and I took it and ran. It was all new to us. Socorro made the Olympic team at the new Libro position and set the standard for all of those who came after her. She played in three Olympics before retiring. You can hear Stacy Socorro share stories about her tremendous athletic career, which included winning the Big 12 heptathlon as a freshman on episode 36 of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, which is part of our 9 for Title IX series. Congratulations to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame Class of 2022. The inauguration festivities were a great event and will long be remembered by all who attended and the place of all the inductees in Texas sports history will be always remembered as well. The Texas Sports Hall of Fame's 2023 class has been announced and the induction ceremony will be held On April 15th, 2023, the event will be sponsored by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. Tickets for the general public are now available. Visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame website to learn how to get your tickets. Visit TSHOF.org. That's TSHOF.org. See the Texas Sports Hall of Fame's 2023 class in person and celebrate with them as they are inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. We invite you to visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in person at its location in Waco, And when you come to Waco, book your stay at the Hampton in Waco, located just a short distance from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame.